0: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiora. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a belly-up sports podcast. We are what they are. not Brandon, how you doing?
1: LJ, doing good. Um, counting down the days until I can leave Syracuse. No, I'm just kidding. I would love to stay here forever if I could, um, even though the weather has not treated us very well this second semester it's it's all right um certainly a lot to talk about today though um and excited to get right into it lj how are you doing
0: um i'm all right you know it's it's the end of the semester stuff happens um but no you're right it's kind of has been brutal i certainly am not ready to fully ready to leave i'm ready to be done with school not ready to leave the people and not ready to leave the socks brandon they've had like two home stretches the first one was deadline week for the paper here. So I was way too busy with work to be able to get into town. And then the last one is finals week. So I literally had two opportunities to see him. I'm hopefully going to get in for Shohei's start tomorrow. But that, of course, remains to be seen. Either within the, Other than that, you know, it's just it's grind time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get right into it. And we're going to start off with quite the accomplishment that a manager achieved last night. Dusty Baker uh, becomes the 12th manager ever and the first African-American manager to reach the 2,000-win club. Uh, we knew that he was going to get to it this year. I mean, the Astros only needed, what, 12 wins to get it Uh yeah 12 wins so it's
0: not like he was managing the race of the reds excuse me <laughs> no,
1: the, Rays, the reds yeah and if the reds win today um they can be 4 and 20 which would be a very nice way to um you know to end if it. the
0: reds win today brandon they have as many wins this calendar year as the cincinnati Bengals. hey but let, let they, that sink in there
1: well, well, a Dusty Baker, and it was 13 wins, my bad. The Astros get to 13 wins. They beat the Mariners 4-0. Um, and of the previous 11 managers to reach 2,000 career victories, 10 of them are in the Hall of Fame. The, the only one who's not is Bruce Bochy, who is not eligible for induction yet. So he will get in. Dusty Baker will get in the Hall of Fame. And um, I mean, what an accomplishment for this guy who has been in the in the game for for so long now.
0: Yeah, you know, you talk about um some of these these counting stats, you know, it's not just it, it's of course a test of skill, but it's also a test of will. Like this, it takes a lot to be able to go out there year in and year out and not only perform each time, but be able to pick yourself back up and go out the next year. Like, especially with baseball compared to other sports. I mean, you talk about the NFL where, like, people always say, Oh, it's such a hard life, or I'm going to, I'm retiring to focus on my family. Bro, you are home five days out of the week, every single week for a quarter of the year, maybe a third of the year. Baseball, meanwhile, these guys are on the road for weeks on end sometimes. And so it's, a, it's the most grueling sport of any. In terms of that process, that mental fatigue, that physical fatigue, and to be able to keep going and persevere through everything to get to this mile mark is a huge testament.
1: Yeah, and especially when you're talking about a guy who is 72 years old now, um, started his career as a player in the MLB in 1968. Retires in 1986, and then really only takes two years off. As then he becomes a coach for the Giants between '88 and '92, and then manager of the Giants right after that. And he's pretty much been a manager um, almost every year since. Um, he had a he took 2007 off. Oh well, he just didn't have a job then. And then also between 2014 and 2015 he was off um along with 18 and 19 but still that amount of years to be on the road uh is is incredible i mean you're talking about 18 years as a player and then 25 seasons as a manager
0: yeah i mean 20 and 25 seasons and it's not like he's he's proven time and time again his worth because there are very few guys that get opportunities with five different teams and that's not me trying to say he didn't deserve any of these or that people should stop giving him chances on the contrary, you should continue to keep giving this guy opportunities. But what I'm saying here is when things haven't gone the best or teams want to go in a different direction, he has given himself a resume every single time he's come out and it's a resume of success, a resume that makes people want to say, Hey, let's see what this guy can do for our franchise. Like a lot of guys are up and down with the way that they're with, with each tenure in their career. I believe he has a winning record every single place he's gone. He does. Uh,
1: yes. And it's actually quite amazing because I'm looking at it. He's only had one ever 100 win season, and that was his first year with the Giants. But then you look at the amount of 90 win seasons he's had, um, and it's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine if you count that 100 win season. Um, super impressive when you look at just how many years Oh, even over 500 he's had compared to uh years that that he hasn't been over 500
0: yeah it's it's amazing and again you talk about and even more what i was saying and kind of incomprehensibly we're looking at of his five places he's been correct yes yeah one two three four or excuse me four out of those really only one place that he's been three out of the four places that he has left he has finished with a winning record he has finished with a 90 win season and then left the team so it's clearly not he's leaving because the teams are bad I mean Chicago yes that team was very bad in 2006 but who knows how much that of that fault was actually on him either way the rest of the groups he was leaving in very successful states
1: Absolutely. Well, let's touch on another story from last night's games, and that is that the New York Yankees win their 11th game in a row. They, With the win, they have now clinched elite, uh, the series against Toronto. Game three of the series is tonight with Nestor Cortez and Yusei Kikuchi taking the mound. But this Yankees team just keeps on rolling. Uh, Aaron Judge is always... Uh, Coming up in the big spots when we need him. A huge home run off of Alec Manoa last night. And I just want to talk about this guy Alec Manoa. Because, oh my god. If we have to face him in a playoff game, the Yankees are in trouble. This guy is, I don't know how he does it. But in his career against the Yankees, he has just absolutely killed us. If you look at what he's done um, against us in his career... Let me pull this up here. So against the Yankees, he's pitched four games, um, and it's he's two and zero because he didn't take the loss last night, and it's twenty three and two thirds innings for a one fifty two ERA, an eight eighty seven WHIP, uh, and an opponent batting average of one thirty eight in 23 innings it's incredible what he's done
0: but brandon let's back up a little bit before we put the card ahead of the horse because we really got to break it down this whole series or what we've seen out of this series so far if we're going to do that we got to go all the way back to monday here yankees beat the blue jays 3-2 i believe um glaber hits the go-ahead rbi in
1: he had all three rbis in In that ninth,
0: he has all three rbis brandon what overall thoughts on this game Again, looked to be another really it was a standout performance, I think, from the bullpen again,
1: yeah. the the bullpen has surely carried us um for most of this year. And, you know, i I feel really spoiled as a Yankees fan that I've never really had to watch a bad bullpen um and
0: uh, it, ha, ha, ha,
1: ha. however, i've I've had to deal with very bad starting rotations um some years but when you can get a start like that from jordan montgomery he he gives you five innings um only two earned uh really looked good only goes 65 pitches but we're confident enough to turn it over to our guys loizaga castro um and then clay holmes who has just been lights out really ever since we traded for him um what a steal that trade is uh looking like as well because um he has just done a really really nothing but produce for the Yankees. Um comes over last year a one six one ERA in twenty eight innings. This year he's pitched twelve innings, only allowed one earned run, twelve strikeouts to two walks. He's really been incredible and just a great uh ad there by Brian Cashman in the Yankees front office to go after him. But yes, yeah, super good performance monday um, um the the blue jays bullpen looked pretty good until they brought in uh jimmy garcia there for uh the ninth when when glaber comes through with a big hit
0: yeah and again it's a matter of two you know how many options did they have in it we can't act like this is a super bullpen in toronto they've got one guy that's really been bumping up a lot of their numbers i think and it's not me trying to say that they're a bad bullpen like they're a fine group, but they don't have a ton of impact arms. They need a few more, frankly, if they're going to be anything competitive in the playoffs. And this is another this is a situation against a playoff competitive team where you're gonna see those flaws in your game. But back in the Yankees here, this hopefully, hopefully, we still again a lot more needs to be seen out of this team. But this should be a sign of them knowing their audience and knowing. The situation because I have absolutely no problem with them having Jordan Montgomery only go 65 pitches in a game, even when he does look good. I mean, this would have been under our good start category if that was an official track stat five innings to earn. I love it, love it to see it. But if this is Detroit, if this is, I mean, even the worst team like Kansas City, um, if it's even Miami, you got to bring him out there another inning because going having 65 pitches on your starter we've seen it time and time again with the Yankees I think where they do kind of put tend to put too many innings on their bullpen Mm -hmm. so we haven't I haven't seen enough to complain about it yet this year but it's something we have to watch out and be a little nervous for I'm all for doing it in these big games but in the smaller series it's not it's not like you're benching guys resting them to keep them out of the game it's just not overtaxing your bullpen is really the focus where the focus has to lie.
1: Yeah, and you know, you can make the same case last night um, where Jameson Tyone, six innings, one earned run, he only goes 71 pitches, but was starting to get a little shaky uh, towards the end of that sixth inning. Um, and Aaron Boone feels confident enough to go to Wandy Peralta, who pitches a clean inning. Um, and then the Yankees really get um a huge break. I don't LJ, I don't know if you saw the whole Marwin Gonzalez rundown play um that gave it just gave the Yankees a huge break for us to bust it open. Basically Marwin Gonzalez gets caught in a rundown between third and home. Uh completely runs out of the baseline and like as he's trying to avoid the tag and that's fine. Then fully does get tagged by Vladdy Jr. Um but Nope, the ump said, nope, he just, he just uh, did not get tagged. It
0: just didn't happen. He just, just, just didn't
1: see it. Yeah, no, he just didn't see it. Um, Unfortunately for the Blue Jays, they had already used their challenge in the game on a catcher's interference, which they won, and then they were able to actually take the lead because of it. So the Blue Jays used their challenge, and then it ends up working out for them, and they get the lead. But then a play that they could have challenged and would have 100% won it, um, ends up really, really biting them uh, in the butt. So, you know, we got all over Adam Simber and uh, and a Julian Meriwether last night. Um, it was nice to see uh, us not be afraid to pile it on there uh, in the seventh inning. Um, but I was scared for the offense when Alec Manoa was on the bump.
0: Absolutely. I mean, either way, I mean, at least now you know, three game series you won the first two games you're not going to choke this way like man city Um, but Brandon where do we want to go next
1: LJ uh, something that actually or I guess two things that happened in today's games as we're talking now May 4th first Mike Clevenger Uh, welcome back he makes his season debut for the Padres against his old team, the Guardians. And I believe this is Mike Clevenger's first time pitching since the 2020 season. Um, So super nice to have him back. He was out all of 2021. And um, he had an okay start. I mean, for his first start back, I'm not expecting much, but he goes four and two-thirds, allowing three earned runs, four strikeouts. He did walk three batters and was at 95 pitches, but the Padres end up squeaking out a win uh, against the Guardians today. But uh, just another arm that the Padres can throw out there and um, you know, a guy that I think could still have some, some of, of value for them.
0: Oh, he definitely can have value. Another place he has value is in the same sense that we were talking about with Houston in the fact that competition can always be a good thing. When you add that sixth pitcher into the mix, it's going to push the rest of them and see which ones can be pushed. I mean, realistically right now, regardless of how Mike Clevenger does, there's a decent chance that you've got to consider. Um, of course, you could you could look other places, but... Mackenzie Gore going back down to triple-A, regardless of how well he's done. He's been fantastic this year. I think it would be a mistake. But just the fact that Mike Clevenger is now here is going to make it so Mackenzie Gore has to look at these next couple outings and say, All right, I need to prove that I belong on this team. I belong in this rotation, or else I'm not going to be able to be here anymore. Because other than him, what are you doing? You're talking about moving Nick Martinez to the bullpen? Like, There's not a good option,
1: he walked too many guys to be in the bullpen, I think, Nick Mark
0: Exactly, and so there's not a good option other than sending Gore down, and that's not something the team wants to do right now, and Mackenzie Gore has to make sure in these next probably two starts, he has to make
1: sure that that's not something that
0: they want to do. If he does what he's been doing, they can't. Am I wrong?
1: No, you're absolutely right, and I want to know what happens when Blake Snell comes back because he's got that strained groin right now that happened um, – right after the season started. Um and what's gonna happen when 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 he eventually comes back? You're talking about seven legit starting pitchers on your team. Um and you just you know, you can do a six man rotation, but you certainly can't can't do a seven man rotation. Um that's just completely out of out of uh out of the world.
0: No, but that does it opens up an opportunity at least for them to go out and get their biggest need. They really again they need another impact arm. I stand by it. After that uh, Dodgers series, where there wasn't a thing that, that that group really could do. There's just not enough depth there. I don't think of like al- absolute alphas.
1: I need bullpen help bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, realistically, where are you where do you feel comfortable? I don't. Regardless of nine saves, however many we want to have. I don't feel comfortable with Taylor Rogers being this team's closer when you're. Oh come Rogers on! He hasn't is allowed a lot
1: of run teams. yet.
0: I know I know I know but at the same time it just like if he is the only guy there then like that's not enough for me it just isn't
1: I I think they could use another bench bat um they you know you're looking at guys like Jose Asacar as your kind of utility guy of course they have a CJ Abrams one of the top prospects in the league well,
0: You also have to consider the fact that Voight, Tatis, and Myers are all going to be back sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, I mean, uh, having another bat certainly couldn't help. I mean, right now they have Matt Beattie at DH, and LJ, he has not been the RBI man uh, so far for the Padres. Um, No, but... Obviously, nice to have Mike Clevenger back, and a story that we'll certainly be monitoring is how the Padres shuffle up their, their roster here. Um, we we know that they were interested in trading for Jose Ramirez um, at some point this offseason as well, so they're certainly not afraid to go out there and make a big splash. They have the prospect capital. They have the big league capital as well to go and yeah, make the, a trade.
0: And the big league capital is what you really need to use. Like, it's literally burning a hole in their pocket right now.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Well, LJ, the other thing we wanted to touch on from today's games, Madison Baumgartner got mad. Uh, Big surprise there. Um, He gets ejected after just one inning because... So, from what I understand, and I haven't seen any clips, but I, I read a little article. So, he came off the mound to do, like, the check on the glove and check his jersey to make sure he doesn't have any uh, substances there that he's using to doctor the ball. Um, and then just started yelling at the first base umpire and said something that, you know, you're not supposed to say to the ump and just got ejected. Um, do do you have any other insight or, or context here?
0: Um, it was a... Uh... I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe it might have been uh, take your effing time. That sounds like, I mean, it sounds valid for what the situation was because, like, legitimately, on the hand only, like, you know, they check the hand, they check the glove, they check the belt. On the hand only, he was taking an obscene amount of time. And you, you, overall, I guess, if you watch the video, watch the clip, the umpire was borderline antagonistic in this it, it almost looked like he was trying to take a long ass time and like like it was there was no reason for it to be an issue but at the same time and Bumgarner had a right to make a comment on it like that's how long and slow it was going for absolutely no reason so it really never should have come to this but it's just it's it's a shame and that it did and it's I heard somebody say earlier today that when The majority of umpire duties have been replaced by robots. This is going to be one of the things that people point to as to why, where umpires overly involve themselves in the game, because this is a massive difference maker for the result of this game. I mean, this is one of the best pitchers in the league at that point in time. You can't just not have him out there and expect it not to affect the game. Like he's been fantastic for this team
1: yeah absolutely um and it's you know we see it a little too often now um i I think the umps are a little on edge knowing that they could get replaced by robots um and they get a little too involved in the game sometimes and of course they are humans we sometimes when the way uh, uh, that someone talks about an umpire, I'd love to see them actually go and say that to the ump's face when they realize it's just another human. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't like, you know, after you explain that to me, I don't really like that. Um, that's seems like that you can draw a line somewhere. We saw the thing with Max Scherzer last year, remember, where he, like, like... He actually dropped his pants, like, <laughs> on the field um, because he was so pissed at the ump for checking him so many times or whatever it was. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't like that after the way you explained it to me.
0: Yeah, and I mean, again, maybe you see it and you get a different reaction, but it just, the majority of the start-up to getting him mad felt totally unnecessary to me.
1: Absolutely. Well lj was there anything else that we wanted to touch on we we are a little um short here on time or i should say we're we have time to to talk about stuff um oh actually there was one guy that i i kind of saw on like a leaderboard that uh, i didn't even realize how good of a season he's having um tommy edmund lj he's been killing it um He's got the 316409487 slash line 1.4 war. It puts him in the top 10 uh, in the MLB. Uh I mean, this was a guy who had a good season last year too and is kind of turning into a piece that the Cardinals really value now, I think.
0: Um yeah, absolutely. You know, it's talks about talk about uh good starts and when you're able to turn the good start into May things get a lot more hopeful, things get a lot more exciting when you're really, again, putting this sample size out over 20, 25, 30 games. That's a big difference here. But on that note that you mentioned that, now is a good time ever to talk about Marcus Simeon. What the heck is going on here, Brandon?
1: What is going on with Marcus Simeon is a fantastic question.
0: You're looking Um, at a guy who is currently slashing 163. 233, 217 for the Texas Rangers. No home down, runs, no home runs, two stolen bases. That is down from career a career slash line of 254, 322, 439. Brandon, that's unbelievable to me. Like,
1: how They're do you have this different.
0: bad? This is this is a terrible start to a season. I don't know how you can have this bad a start to a season, even with being in a new place and on a new contract and those pressures, this is terrible. You're talking about a guy who's in the bottom 10% in average exit velocity, hard hit percentage, expected Woba, expected batting average, expected slug slugging. Basically everything about his speed, his defense is in the, under the 20th percentile right now. Basically the only thing he's doing is running fast for this team. And that's not enough to pay the contract he's paid. I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt for now. But if these numbers don't get significantly better, and I mean close to his average by mid June, like if he doesn't get closer to that average for his career, we have to start questioning whether or not he kind of checked out for that money. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry for saying it. Like, I know there's other things that can kind of, there's other factors involved with this stuff, of of course, and I understand that I respect that and I understand the pressure of being on a new contract, but you can't tell me that this guy didn't thrive under the pressure of knowing his contract was coming the next year. Like that last year in Oakland, those last two years in Oakland, and that year in Toronto, where he knew he'd be hitting free agency, and thought he had a chance at a bag, were the best of his career and he was brilliant. And all of a sudden, he's set for life. He's set for the rest of his career monetarily contract wise and now you're kind of left wondering all right where's the production coming where's the value for that contract going to be
1: i mean you look at his baseball reference page um there's just like 2019 and 2021 stick out like sore thumbs um It's the only, really, only two productive seasons you could say he had. I mean, 2018, he was a four-war guy, but that was because of his contributions in the field. Um, I mean, he had a solid hitting season, but nothing like his 2019 or his 2021. And then I switch over to Fangraphs here, and LJ, this is the guy that won the Gold Glove last year. Um, And as of right now, has a negative Defensive rating, according to Fangraphs, you know, I understand slumping hitting-wise, but or but in the field, like it, it,
0: he hasn't changed positions.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's still playing second it be, base.
0: It would be a good argument last year to say, "Oh, the defensive production is going to come down because now he's playing full-time second base." But he's still at second base after that's where he won his Gold Glove.
1: It is yeah i mean he's off to a rough start um you know even a guy like Corey seager he's he started to pick it up a little lately but he was off to kind of a cold start a lot of these big name guys um at least who signed contracts off to tough starts and we'll and we'll certainly be a uh, keeping an eye on that i want to look at see um i think kyle schwarber is is not hitting the best, yeah i mean he's got uh, a w- one eighty eight batting average i mean his his o p s is actually pretty good it's just the yeah, batting I about, average i was about to say he's not he's, he's
0: hit a home run off of basically everybody it feels like at this point, so I'm not going to complain about the batting average
1: yeah no i i i didn't see the seven home runs there there was someone um I mean, there's there's a bunch of names we can throw out here that have just not been off to the hottest of starts. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about how even with the new balls, it seems like when you look at like the top 10 players in in war, really no surprises there. I mean, like maybe J.P. Crawford's a surprise, Tommy Edmonds, C.J. I say, but I would
0: say J.P. Crawford's a surprise, but J.P. Crawford's also a surprise because he's basically the only guy producing on his team. yeah off like overall seattle has struggled mightily with the bat to start the year and yet still feel is they're still managed to get 12th in runs like there's clearly other factors in there that are affecting it but like i mean among among those of course like julio rodriguez's issues to start the year that are now kind of balancing out but he's still able to find value so these guys are finding ways to create value for your team without necessarily being the world breakers on offense. But, I mean, Adam Frazier, tough scene. Um, Jesse Winker, tough scene. He just hasn't been able to get – again, if Jesse Winker got going from a contact perspective, he's going to be filthy there. If he's able to make contact, he will be great because all of a sudden you get more bats on the ball, you're going to get more hard contact, you're going to get that slugging percentage increased he's already been walking a boatload since he got there. That's really, I mean, fantasy-wise, that's why he keeps himself playable, because mm, yeah. he walks so darn much. I mean, you're talking about a 181 batting average with a 324 on base. All in, all in all, in your starting lineup, you have one, two, three, four guys. You have four guys batting under 200 in your starting lineup currently for Seattle. And so you you really need guys like Ty France and J.P. Crawford to carry your squad like that's just it's it's a tough it's a tough situation there but Brandon uh talking about other situations how long until you think until we see Trevor Story's first homer?
1: <laughs> yeah that was that was I guess the name that was escaping me um I, I don't know you've seen a lot more of his play than I have but real quick I wanted to just t- add something to the Seattle thing that I just remembered uh Kyle Lewis Made his first rehab assignment yesterday, um, hit a home run on in his first at-bat, um, actually was one of my favorite players to watch during the 2020 season when he won the, the Rookie of the Year and was actually being pretty productive um, until he tore his meniscus last June. Um, for the Mariners, but just another young guy to add into that outfield, which, um, like you said, a competition will certainly hopefully make guys like like a Jesse Winker, Jared Kalanick uh, step up their game when you're getting a player who I think is pretty legit in Kyle Lewis back.
0: Well, at this at this point, I feel like Kyle Lewis comes back. That means Kalanick's going down. Have we even seen close to enough out of him to start the year to say that competition is valid right now? Like, Julio Rodriguez has played amazing. And honestly, like, again, we – well, we're going to wait until after Memorial Day to start talking about rookie of the year favorites and stuff like that. But he's way the heck up there for me right now, even with the struggles that he's already had, the strikeout issues that have been forced upon him. It's it's a tough situation. But as for Trevor Story, I just don't know what the hell is going on here, man. Like, it just – it's frustrating because he's he's clearly he's part of the issue, but he's not the biggest issue. like this just I'm getting flashbacks from last year with this whole leadoff situation because you threw Kike into the leadoff knowing all right, this is a 250 hitter, but he's smarter on the base path. he, he brings in the clutch hits and overall is quick enough to be a really, be really valid part of the lineup going number one. All of a sudden he slumps to begin the year and you have no one really to replace him in that spot. You still have that same issue where there is no leadoff hitter on this team. Trevor Story clearly isn't that right now. And it's just, it's a it's a tough time. And I don't know when that first home run's coming. I really don't.
1: Well, I think I mean, that...
0: I mean and for the record, I've only seen Trevor Story play through the first six innings of games because I turn it off after that.
1: <laughs> well... Certainly. <laughs> that is uh, great to know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would turn it off, too, if I was a Red Sox fan. Um, But, yeah, uh, great spot to end the show. Thank you guys for listening. Go and listen to me on the F in Sports podcast, where I broke down my picks for the Kentucky Derby for this Saturday. That's F in Sports. And make sure you're following us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod, But until then, uh, we'll see you, and have a good one. See you mañana.
0: When I deployed, I didn't realize that even the air I was breathing was dangerous. Since coming home, I've watched friends get sick and struggle to get the support they deserve. But now, that's finally changing. We're eligible for new VA health care and benefits based on when and where we served. Even though I feel okay, I'm going to apply. For my sake and for my family. Learn more and apply today.
1: Visit va.gov p-a-c-t.